Welcome to Pull the Goalie Podcast. I am your host, Peter Bratz, as always. On this week's show, we're going to be looking at the German leagues, both DL and DL2. We're going to be looking at the NIHL Spring Cup. And we'll also take a look at the ongoings over in the NHL. So, play that intro. Welcome to another episode of Pull the Goalie. Um, so, following the success of last week's um, kind of video edition of this, um, I thought from now on I'm... Welcome to, as I say, the Pull the Goalie podcast with your host, me. Um, so, if you can remember last week, which was not really that too long ago, in all fairness, you will remember that I was wearing a Team Canada jersey. Well, at least for the video podcast of this, or vlogcast. So, I have took it upon myself from now on for every single week that I do this or at least try to do this uh, I will proceed to a, a different jersey for every episode as long as I have enough jerseys to actually cover all these episodes but I have about 54 so you know I'm sure there'll be a couple doubles at times. Uh, we will start as ever with news over from Germany. And that being the DEL1, or DEL to give it its proper title. Um, so, moving to the north this week as opposed to the south as we'll do alternate weeks. Um, the leaders currently, if you remember, was Ice Bern Berlin. Uh, they had, I think it was roughly a 12-point lead on the last show. Um, as it is, that has now, sadly, in, for me and Berlin fans, uh, that has been now cut to a 5-point deficit. Uh, the cause for that is a 3-2 shootout loss to Wolfsburg, as well as a 5-3 loss to rivals Bremerhaven. Um, yeah, it's been a case in recent times, ever since I made the comment that the waveform had picked up, uh, we now decide, and so does everyone, to start sending me messages to which I will put on airplane mode so getting back uh, so Berlin have dropped a couple of games 
as I am loosely recording this, so I am a few games out of sync. Um, but yes, they've lost. A, they're on a two-game slide for for this week's show. Uh, so the lead has been cut down to five, uh, with Bremerhaven pretty much breathing down their necks at this current time. Speaking of Fishtown Penguins, or Bremerhaven to give it its other a title, uh, they are currently on a three-game winning streak, uh, with two road wins, one being at Krefeld, and another with a 5-1 win at Iserlohn. Um Wolfsburg are currently seven games unbeaten and have pretty much popped up from nowhere, to, to be fair. Um, in the case that it seems to have been Berlin, Dusseldorf, Cologne at times, and Bremerhaven seemingly being the four sides that have kind of battled back and forth um, but yeah they're making a little run as as I say Wolfsburg um, however at the bottom is the two special K's uh, that being Krefeld obviously just because they can't really buy a, a win in fairness uh, however they have been showing some meagre signs uh, of a progress in this season uh, or mid-season as it tends to be now uh, that coming thanks to two points both coming in overtime uh, the first coming in a derby of sorts in the North Rhineland uh, that against their neighbours the Cologne Sharks and the other point that they managed to get was at home against Bremerhaven. Um, so, yes, the, the Penguins, you could say, are slightly coming alive, uh, which is nice as well, considering they haven't really turned up at all during the season. The South, <coughs> excuse me, the South. Um, so, Looking at my notes, which are obviously out of date now, but at the time of writing they were pretty accurate. Uh, so Adler Mannheim still your South leaders, uh, as they are ten brackets behind. Sorry, the South. Uh, so if you was paying attention last week, you will know that Mannheim was your leaders in the Southern Division, uh, and they're still the leaders in the Southern section. Uh, they're 10 ahead of their nearest rivals, uh, that being the two Bavarian sides in ERC Ingolstadt, and obviously Red Bulls Munich, because it's Munich and they have the money, so hey ho. Um, and they are currently six games unbeaten at the time of recording. Um, so a neighbouring 
to Atlamanha uh, is the Schwenninger Wild Wings, who have massively gone off the boil of sorts. Uh, so after their great start in the Magenta Sports Cup and shocked quite a few teams, it did look like they had transformed or transferred that form into the league campaign. However, uh, things have just begun to see cracks appear. Um, six losses in their last seven. Poppy says it's more than cracks. Um, they are probably canyons by this point. Um, the next team that we will look at is the Straubing Tigers. Uh, and they have definitely shown signs of life in recent times. Um, so, following a tough 6-5 overtime loss to the Munich Red Bulls, or Red Bulls Munich, whichever way you want to call it, uh, it then saw them hammering the Augsburg Panthers six goals to three to see them slowly pulling away from Nuremberg at the bottom of the standings, um, but rising up uh, as Tigers tend to do, as Survivor once said. Uh, and I will slightly apologise, I do have the sniffles. Um, so, looking at the standings. So, going from the south to the north, so Mannheim are on 45 points, uh, Ingolstadt on 35, then comes Munich in third on 34, Augsburger Panthers on 25 in fourth, uh, the Schwinningen Wild Wings on 23, the sorry, Schwinningen, uh, Straubing on 22 points in six, and the Nuremberg Ice Tigers bottom of the pile on 14. Moving to the top in the north section, uh, bottom to top, we have the Krefeld Penguins on 9, the Kolnahaya or Cologne Sharks to give it its English version, uh, they're on 25 points. In 5th place is the Iserlon Roosters on 27. Uh, following that is the Dusseldorf EG on 31, Wolfsburg is in third on 30, Bremerhaven is on 34, and leading the way on 39 points is your East Baden, East Baden, Ice Baden, Berlin. So, we will talk about the DEL2. Uh, so, to be honest, not really a lot has changed, in all fairness. Uh, the Castle Huskies are still top of the heap. Though there is a, a change at second in the table. So, um, the new second place side is that of the Bietigheim Steelers. Uh, that's courtesy of three home wins inside a week uh, the first coming against Dresden in overtime uh, that was followed by a 4-3 win over bottom place Hailbronner and then another close game 
against the Ravensburg Tower Stars with a 3-2 win on Friday. The Freiburg Wolves, coached by the GB and... Well, the GB coach, in, in all truth, uh, in Pete Russell. His side are nine games unbeaten in the league and has pretty much carried on from last year, in truth. Um, went to a new league, hoping to improve his coaching abilities. I mean, he, he, he won Trainer of the Year, so you can't really get better than that. Um, but the Wolves had a 4-2 win over Tolza Lowen. They followed that up with a 5-4 win against Lansut. Uh, then... We will turn our attentions to the second tier of German ice hockey, that being a DL2. The Castle Huskies are still leading the way, unsurprisingly, with a lead of 14 points now. So it'll be interesting to see how that lead progresses for next week. Um, the Bietigheim Steelers are your new second place team in the standings. Uh, that is following three home wins with a overtime win over the Dresden Ice Lions, a 4-3 win over bottom place Heilbronner Falcon, and also a 3-2 win over the Ravensburg Tower Stars. Another team that is pushing for second place is Pete Russell's Freiburg Wolves. Uh, they are currently nine unbeaten in the league at this point, uh, courtesy of a 4 2 win over last week's second place side, Tolza Lowen, and also a 5 4 win over near bottom Lansut, uh, with a scoreline of five goals to four. Talking of Tolza Lowen, and it saw them currently on a free game skid. Um, so, following a couple of games against the top of the table teams, saw them coming out pointless, um, especially a 4 0 defeat at the hands of the Huskies. Um, moving to the wrong end of the table if we may um, and the Vice Vassa Foxes who had the unenviable task of playing four games in five days so game one saw them facing the Freiburg Wolves um, in which it was a battling performance um, in pretty much dire consequences in fairness uh, so they lost 4-3 to the Wolves in what was a battling performance uh, the next night saw them then being blanked 2-0 against the Wolves again 
Um, to which the next game saw them playing Hale Bronner and saw a massive collapse. Um, to which they were 4 1 up. But if you know the Foxes this year, they could honestly have a 7 1 lead and they would probably still let it slip. Um, so, with that said, from 4 1, they went on to lose 6 4 to the Falcons. Um, the final game of this mammoth four games in five days saw them coming up against Cothran. Yet again, the Foxes would build up a big lead only to let it slip. So they, at least it wasn't as bad as the previous day, but it was still bad enough. Uh, so they did go a free one up. However, they would lose out four goals to three in overtime. Um, they also lost one of their players in Kale Kabashian. Um, the forward left on... Well, one said mutual terms, one said it wasn't. Um, to which it didn't seem to have been handled well. From what I read, I could be wrong, but from the broken English articles I read, um, it seemed a case of they were saying his heart wasn't in it, so they made the change. Um, but the rumours of him going to the Frankfurt Lions kind of made the next game, or the, fin the fourth game of the final mammoth games that we were playing um, as I say saw them playing Frankfurt um, and it proved to be the opposite of the last game um, so as opposed to the Foxes having a big lead and blowing it it saw the Frankfurt Lions getting a big lead and blowing it um, that was after the Lions had a 3-1 lead until 4 unanswered goals from the Foxes saw Brad Ross scoring the game winning goal in overtime to give Weissvossa a much needed confidence boosting win following a awful run of games so we will take a little gander if we will at the standings so, going from bottom to top. So, in 14 is that of the Hale Falcons. So, they're on 37. Uh, Bad Nauheim on 40. Same as Weisswasser. In 11th is Landshut on 40. Uh, Bayreuth Tigers on 41. Then, from 9 upwards is the Dresden Eisloen on 44, uh, Kofbrun on 51, Krimisau on 52, uh, Ravensburg on 56, and your top five in DL2 is Frankfurt on 57, Tolzeloen on 58, Freiburg Wolves on 63, Bietigheim Steelers on 65, and leading the way is the Castle 
Huskies on 79. Looking at the Spring Cup that is currently ongoing in the English side of things, because pretty much it's an English league. Uh, so last weekend saw Swindon and Sheffield opening up the uh, Spring Cup tournament uh, with Sheffield taking both games. This week saw Swindon taking on the new look Bratnell Bees, playing their home games sadly now uh, in Slough, while the other set of games saw the Telford Tigers taking on the London Raiders. So, starting off with the M4 Derby, that being Swindon and uh, Bratnell, and even if he goes to slap, it's still M4. Um, to which, it, unsurprisingly, it was a suspected dominant win for the Swindon Wildcats. So, pretty much a domination all the way through, in fairness. Uh, so, goals by Jack Goodchild, Tom Srutkis, Reed Sayers, Josh Batch, with a power play goal. Uh, that made it 4-1. Um, their new import in Balint Pakoshti, um, he made it 5-1. Matty Myers scored it Scored it, scored shorthanded um, to make it 6 1. And the Bees did pull a goal back to make it 6 2. For some reason, I have not got who scored Bratnell's first goal, uh, and I will apologise. However, the Sunday game was a fair bit more competitive, shall we say. Um, so Bratnell came out with a 3-1 lead uh, thanks to goals by Ivan Ivan Antonoff, Ed Bradley and Bobby Chamberlain. However, the Cats came back uh, with three unanswered goals. Tom Ruckis, Balint Pekosti uh, and Josh Batch made it four goals to three. Again didn't get the first goal scorer because my internet has been awful um, so good workman never blames his tools but I'm not a good one um, but anyhow back on topic uh, Stuart Mogg tied the game at four apiece uh, that was until the Swindon Wildcats player coach in Arunel came up big and scored the overtime winner to make it 5-3 Wildcats and give them their second win of the weekend. Moving to Shropshire and the Telford Tigers. They took on the London Raiders, uh, pretty much from it's the Romford Raiders in fairness. Uh, but you know, a name change sounds a lot better. Uh, so Saturday saw a close game. Uh, with Telford running out 3-2 winners. Uh, the goal scorers, Cole Shudra, David Clements, who did used to play for the old Coventry Blaze, uh, but then again, Cole Shudra played for the Milton Keynes Lightning, and 
in the other two games, that being in Shropshire and in Romford, it saw the Telford Tigers taking on the Romford, Romford, London Raiders, my apologies. Uh, Saturday's game was more competitive than the Sunday, but there were still two decent games. Um, Telford got out to a 2-0 lead, courtesy of Cole Shudra and David Clements. Uh, the Raiders replied through Harry Gulliver, so obviously on his travels. Um, the Tigers then made it 3-1 through Kieran Brown. The Tigers then lost Austin Mitchell-King for a boarding penalty. Uh, that came at 45-53 as he picked up a game misconduct. Uh, the Raiders then scored at 50-54 through Glenn Billing. Um, Tigers take the win, as I say, three goals to two at home. The following evening saw them travelling down to Romford. Um, Jake Sylvester gave the Raiders a 1-0 lead. Uh, that was then cancelled out due to a Joseph Ashton goal to tie the game late in the first. Sean Barry restored the lead for the home side. However, four unanswered goals coming from Ross Venus, Sam Jones, Robert Lakovic, and a short-handed goal by Jason Silverthorne gave the Tigers their second win of the tournament and second win of the weekend by the score of five goals to two. So, with the Spring Cup up and running, this forthcoming, or should I say last weekend, as it is now, uh, sees the start of the Northern Cup, um, with the Southern Cup being the following week. Um, but depending how things are, I might just put both together. Um, but anyway, I digress. So the North Cup, as I said last week's show, four teams. It is the Sheffield Sen well, was the Sheffield Senators, it is now the Sheffield Scimitars, the Nottingham Lions, the Blackburn Hawks, and also the Witness Wild. Um, so, I could make a prediction, but it would make me look very fake, uh, to which I will not make any predictions on what happens, uh, pretty much because I know what happens. Um, but that said, we will do a better look at what happened in them games on next week's show. Um, but safe to say, one of them was an absolute barn burner um, between Nottingham and Sheffield. But again, that will probably come at the end of the week when I get to do it. Um, but yes, that is your British Roundup. And next, we will touch on the NHL. So, moving across the pond, we will start in the east, because why not? Um, in a division where no one can really kind of... Um, how can I put it? 
get much of a winning streak going, it seems. Uh, pretty much because it's the toughest division out of all the four, in, in all fairness. Um, but as we're looking, uh, Boston beat the Philadelphia Flyers in the second of the two games to be held at Lake Tahoe the other week. Um, as it saw David Pasternak scoring a hat-trick, um, to which I think is the third player to score a hat-trick in a winter game. Um, but they won by the score of 7-3. to However, while the Bruins has the Flyers number, one team they definitely do not have, and that is the New York Islanders. So when the sides met in New York on the Sunday into Monday, uh, well, it was for Britain at least, uh, it saw the Isles pretty much holding their Indian sign over the Bruins with a 7-2 win at the, I think it was the Nassau Coliseum. Again, I stand to be corrected, as I do every week. Um, one team that remains up at the top of the standings is that of the Washington Capitals. Um, so a win over the New Jersey Devils, but quite a fair few teams have done that um, and then a point against Pittsburgh during one of their kind of almost mini series games they seem to have against the Penguins of late um, but their overtime win keeps them level at the top of the standings um, however the only really talking point we can add from the east uh, is that of the New York Rangers uh, they were hit with a bombshell uh, following the news that their Russian forward Artemi Panarin um, he's had to take a leave of absence due to an, an apparent incident back in 2011 in Russia um, I think you'll probably know what that incident is so I will not go any further than that in the West, and it sees the LA Kings on a current six-game winning streak. Um, the only team that's really pushed them on winning streaks in the in the West is that of the Minnesota Wild, um, who have really struggled in the the first quarter of the season. Uh, but they are five games unbeaten and won four of their Californian trips um, with a 4-0 loss at the hands of the LA Kings being the only blemish on that road trip um, to which on their following that road trip it saw them facing the Colorado Avalanche and Zaparise registering his 800th career point in the game um, pretty much netting the wild second goal as part of their 6-2 win over the avalanche another team in the west is that of the Anaheim Ducks to which I always make the point not to say the word mighty 
especially when you've just watched the films. Um, yes, this is an interesting one. Uh, so, whenever the wild and the ducks get together, if you're a betting person, do not bet on the home team. I say this due to what I'm about to tell you. So, it is a bizarre series that is seen only once in the last six attempts that an away team has won. Oh, sorry, that the home team has actually defeated the away team over those last six games. Um, the last team to do so was the Ducks, coming back in January of 2017. Um, that was pretty much the Wilds as well. Um, so ever since then, it's been a case of the road team is king. Um, and pretty much was the same when the Wild visited the Ducks as part of their kind of five-game road trip over on the West Coast. The Avalanche had an interesting weekend, I suppose we could say. Uh, so they were the first team to take part in the special NHL outdoor games to take place in Lake Tahoe. However, there... The opening period against the Vegas Golden Knights saw it being delayed by, I think it was roughly five hours, six hours. Um, this was due to the fact that the ice and sun, would you believe it, do not mix. Um, so there was a fair few ruts and players falling over. Players found it dangerous to which, at one point, you could literally have drawn your finger down into the ice due to how how much it wasn't frozen. Um, but yes, so the, the Avs were winning at that point 1-0. So they came back later in the evening to play the rest of the game. They were saying midnight, but... I'd whether it was midnight, I don't know. Um, in the end, it was a 3-2 win to the Avalanche, uh, with Devon Tabes scoring the deciding goal. Um, but yeah, who doesn't like a bit of chaos? Moving to the Central Division, and it truly is the division that keeps on giving. Um... So, both Sunshine State sides in the form of the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Florida Panthers are leading the way in that division. Uh, Tampa Bay faced the Carolina Hurricanes and took three out of the four games. Uh, both sides registered home shutouts with the Canes having a 4-0 win and the Lightning with a 3-0 win with Carolina having a mini slide of, of sorts it sees Chicago still remaining in the top 3 um, as barring a 5-3 loss to the Canes it's all them bouncing back with a 6-5 win over the Columbus Blue Jackets 
Um, in a shootout, of course. With Alex Debrinken being the only player to score in the shootout. The Thursday night game saw Patrick Kane scoring his 399th career goal um, as Carl Solderberg scored a empty net goal and saw Malcolm Subban completing a 26 save shutout in a 2-0 win over the Blue Jackets. Now comes to everyone's favourite division, the North. Um, I mean, where to start with this, in all fairness? Um, so, following the Canadians' recent blip, I suppose you could say, uh, despite the fact they're still near the top, and they're second in the, in the standings at that point, uh, the club took the option to fire their head coach in Claude Julien, um, following three straight losses... And as I say, their recent slump. So it saw their record this season being 9-6-4. and four. Uh, That was following a 6-3 loss to Pitts, uh, Pittsburgh, Winnipeg. Um, for the Edmonton Oilers, I mean, the Oilers are on a five-game unbeaten streak. Uh, bagging a pair of battle... Battle of Alberta games against the Calgary Flames. Uh, so keeping the bragging rights there. Um, unfortunately, then saw them... Well, I say unfortunately. Kind of confusing myself. I saw them then getting two wins over the hapless Vancouver team. Who... I mean... Vancouver just seem a bit of a lost side in recent times. Uh, they can't buy a goal. They can't stop a goal. I mean, if it wasn't for the Senators being god-awful for the first quarter of this season, they would probably be the bottom team, obviously. Um, however, the leaders of the division is that of the Toronto Maple Leafs. And they could... Well, they could literally do a show of the Walking Dead on their own. Um... So taking a look at their roster of players that are out injured. So you have Jake Muzzin, Rasmus Sandin, Wayne Simmons, Joe Thornton, and now you have Austin Matthews, their top player in the pretty much the, the side. Um, so he's on the treatment table. However, a 5-2 win in Montreal kind of eased the pain um, but it didn't last long after they were blanked by the Calgary Flames um, and then a couple of days later saw them gaining revenge thanks to a William Nylander winner for a 2-1 win over the Flames um, to pretty much just keep them ticking along at the top of the standings and finally, the Ottawa Senators. The lovable losers, if you want to could call them that. Um, and so I joked last week that the Senators may never play as well as they did last week. They have probably played better this week than they did last week, in all 
seriousness. Um, so, three straight wins in recent times, including an overtime and shootout wins over Montreal. Uh, they then picked up a stunning 6-1 win over the Calgary Flames in was pretty much the Kachuk Bowl um, as Brady got the first win of the season over his brother Matthew between the two teams. Unfortunately, I have forgot to put the standings down and it would be very wrong of me to try and tell you the, the tables for everyone as we stand uh, due to an unforced clerical error by myself. So I take full responsibility. That said, we have come to the end of the show. But, but, I hear you cry. Who is going to be your player of the week? And even team of the week. So, my team of the week is going to be... The Minnesota White. Uh, a team that has literally come from nowhere to have a fairly decent run of things in in recent times. Um, so, I think I said also last week that I didn't expect them to be doing anything. Um, but they have done. So everything I ever tell you completely ignore because I just don't speak any sense uh, staying in the NHL uh, I'm giving to David Pasternak uh, for his hat trick but probably more so for his interview in the fact that he got a bit ticked off that he was forced to come out and be interviewed following his hat trick game against the Philadelphia Flyers um, because he was going to miss the team's celebration of playing Barbie Girl. Um, I mean, if you're willing to admit that on on TV, then you, sir, are a legend. Uh, and I'm based on that solely, not even the hat trick, I am giving him my play of the week, um, to which I think seems fair. But yes, that's this week's hockey in a nutshell. Um, Thank you very much again. Um, hopefully next week's show will be a bit better and less chaotic than this one. But for now, thank you for your company. Enjoy your hockey if you're going to watch any on TV or even if you're going to pretend one. Uh, and I will see you next week. Thank you.